630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex, where oil country shops for printers and office equipment. Service is their business. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Hour number two, Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you, 106 in Edmonton. Bill Daly putting on a report just now that uh, nothing official at all on. No final decision's been made on potential expansion after reports came out of Quebec saying uh, Quebec City was officially out. Uh, Talked to Bill Daly a bit Saturday and Sunday in Winnipeg. It's going to be, you know what, the outdoor, uh, the Heritage Classic game, it's going to be fun. And they hit the home run. And you know how they hit the home run in Winnipeg? There's one reason why they hit the home run. Well, there's actually two reasons why they hit the home run. They got Gretzky, right, for the alumni game. So it starts there. And, oh, by the way, the Oilers have Connor McDavid. So it's going to be it's going to be a kicker of a time in Winnipeg next year. I'm looking forward to it. We went Buffalo, Philadelphia, Columbus, Winnipeg on this road trip. Came into the studio today and... One of the uh, administrative assistants, that's the politically correct term, said, how come you don't have a tan? You've been on the road forever. And I'm like, well, there's not a lot of tanning going on in Buffalo and Winnipeg at this time of the year. Uh, this is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's brought to you by Digitex, Canada's largest dealership, where their main goal is to save you time and money and provide true Alberta service. Check them out at digitex.ca. Digitex now has a massive supplies division where you can find paper and supplies for all brands of office equipment. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now, email us oilersnow at 630ched.com. We are going to open up the phone line, 780-496-0063. Does it mean anything? Are the Oilers winning differently? Because I think they are kind of winning differently. We all know they have challenges on defense. We know their defense in its current makeup and composition. There's not necessarily, especially with the Brandon Davidson injury, may not be a lot to work with. But uh, there's some resiliency, some hardness. they got a goaltender making stops. They've added a little bit of size up front. You can text us at 630-630. Some guests and orders now receive gift certificates to Japanese Village. The right choice for celebration senses. With three convenient locations to serve you, Northgate, Downtown, and Southside. Let's get to some texts. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Jason from Sangudo says, Bob, in the year of our Lord, 1986, the beast lined up two by two. Bob, 316. Yes, I was referring to the floods in northern Alberta during the... uh, Spring, late spring of 1986. Again, you can text us at 630-630. I got some, uh, okay, here it is. Hey, uh, sorry, Bob. This comes from Rowdy Yates. Uh, I've only got one bar of service, and I am up the Wabascaw River right now. Hope we climb as high as we can. I think the team is already trying to shed the number one pick-takers label already. Also, for the hardworking coaching staff, if you asked me last year if we thought we'd have this good a coaching staff, I would have said you're crazy. I'd like to see their hard work rewarded. While this coaching staff works and it's experienced, there's no question about that. Uh, And they take their, you know, the, the other thing is guys that are professional, they recognize where they need to improve as well. And, you know, often special teams, uh, coaching staffs play a factor in that. The Oilers don't have a heavy point shot. They don't necessarily have a net front presence all the time. They've had they've tried to change the complexion of the makeup of their uh, power play units. Um, 
Todd McClellan and Jay Woodcroft had massive success in San Jose, albeit with four of the five parts basically being the same four parts for a number of years. Pretty much the second best power play in the NHL over the last six or seven years next to Washington, who of course have got Ovechkin, who's sort of a power play two to force himself. But the power play has not been near good enough this year. And it's not the end of the world for me, because I know they'll improve it in time. That's going to happen. I love the new look, though. Do you <laughs> like having the top four guys? Yeah, loaded? once they get a defenseman that can hammer that puck, look out. Think so? Well, how can you cover McDavid in a big point shot? Then you have Hall in the middle, Everly on the other side. It, it could be deadly. Dreisaitl, just trying to find. Don't forget, Nugent yeah, Hopkins, well, will, he'll be there's back. There's lots too. of options. Well, you know what? We're going to, I mean, it's a different Leon Dreisaitl right now than it was when he came up when McDavid and Nugent were playing. Of course, they didn't have Jordan Everly at that time. So they'll have their five best forwards healthy here. Touch wood. Knockwood in uh, in a week when they play Arizona because I think pretty sure Nuge will be back by that point. Jordan's been waiting for over twenty minutes. Let's get to him on line number one. Jordan, how you doing? Jordan, hey, Bob, how are you? Good. Sorry, you have to wait so long. No, that's okay. Um, I'm in your camp. Um, I feel like the Oilers need to be winning games, and I think this is the first time in probably ten years where I, I can say. Uh, the Oilers are earning their wins and not just getting a bit lucky and scoring some power play goals. Um, I'd like to see them win and climb the standings. I don't want our uh, our name attached to that number number one overall pick. Um, but I do have a dream scenario, and okay. it might not be realistic, but it would be to get Ekman Larson out of Arizona. And, and 29 other teams would probably never trade him. But uh, with Matthews being a hometown boy and for market marketability, I imagine that's a conversation they'd have to have. So if we do get that number one overall pick, it has to be traded. And if you got to give up someone like Clefbaum, I'd like to see something like that happen. But anyways, so keep you're on saying with the you're, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're saying number one and Clefbaum for Ekman Larson? Well, uh, they'd obviously have to give something back as well. Oh, but oh yeah, yeah, because that's not happening. I'm, no, I'm going to tell but you. But I mean, I I don't see us needing another 18 year old center. Our core is 22 to 26 plus McDavid, and I think we need a, a number one, number two defenseman in that 22 to 26 year old range as well. All right. Uh, well, there's no question they could use another D man roughly in that range. Thanks for the call, Jordan. Uh, I would suggest to you if the Oilers, let's just say hypothetically Edmonton finishes 27th, and they win the lottery. Uh, does Arizona have that conversation? I do think Arizona has that conversation. I think they have to because they're not selling tickets. Um, but if I'm the orders, I wouldn't give up the number one end cleft bomb for Oliver Ekman Larson. I would, you know, would I give up the number one to get Ekman Larson? Yeah, I'd probably consider it, and I might make them take some money back. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Line number two, we're going to go to Jed. Jed, you're on orders now. How are you doing? Hey, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Um, about two years ago, I was down in Calgary, watched the game at the Oilers in Calgary, and I'll tell you, I sort of came to the conclusion about Yak, but I said to my kid, hey, you know what, let's let him hang himself, see what happens. It was during a break, and everybody came over to the bench, and I, I can't remember who the coach was, but anyway, Yak just stayed out there, skated around, didn't pay attention, and I thought to myself, is this guy a team guy, or did this guy just get lucky and maybe get a center and a winger in junior where it sort of upped his ante. 
I don't, I don't know how long you keep them around. I don't know when you give them the leash cut, but I just want to hear what you have to say about that, Bob. All right. I think Nail's an interesting guy because for a regular person, so say a broadcaster or a fan that shows up at a hotel uh, or uh, a waiter, you know, a regular dude, uh, Nail can be one of the more engaging players on the Edmonton Oilers hockey team. However, I don't necessarily think he's engaged with his teammates all the time. So, Jed, I think there's a degree of truth to what you're saying. Uh, I don't think that Yak specifically benefited from having elite help and talent around him in Sarnia Jr. I just think that he was so gifted at that level that he could uh, offensively create almost at will. However, I will tell a uh, story to you about when Saginaw played Sarnia in Yakupov's draft year. Brandon Saad, now of the Columbus Blue Jackets, absolutely owned Nail Yakupov in that series. Now, Saad was a year older, uh, but, you know, it was a tough series for Yak. Galchenyuk was coming back from an injury at that point. Uh, and sometimes, you know, going back, I'm going to go several years back now. I mean, Chris Gratton went third in the 93 draft, and Jason Arnott went seventh, and their t- those two teams uh, that those uh, they played for in junior uh, met in the, the playoffs, and Grattan took Arnott to the woodshed, and, and Jason Arnott had a, a great career. Grattan had some injury issues, ankle problems, and that sort of thing. But uh, Neil Yakupov, to me, and Justin Schultz were, and perhaps more so Schultz because he plays a tougher position in terms of defense, those guys were not helped by the amount of changes here over at Edmonton. Um, you know, they've. I will again. I just don't think it works. Everly and Yakupov, it doesn't work. Those two guys in the same line. Brendan, when did it work best for Yakupov? Last three years, last half of last season, right? With Derek Roy, where he was the and and for the record, Derek Roy is not good enough to play in the NHL. That's why he's no, I'm with in, you. He's over in Switzerland, but it worked for Yakupov when he was the primary shooter and he had a defined role, and he's strictly a support score. He is not a guy capable of making others better. Not at this stage. That's just the inevitability of the situation. He is a complimentary player. And to this point, Jordan Everlay has been a far better complimentary player than Neil Yakupov. Because anytime you say anything about Yakupov, you get the Yakupov supporters out there and they, they say you hate him. No, you don't. You couldn't be further from the truth. You can't be around Neil the way we're around Neil and hate him. He's a nice kid. He's a nice guy. But it doesn't work on that line with Everly. It would probably work better with Hall and Drysdale. But right now, how can you pull Maroon off that line? And uh, now I'll, I'll give you a different. On Saturday, when Nugent Hopkins comes back, could you go Cassia, Nugent Hopkins, Yakupov, and put Yak back on the right side? That might have some chances to succeed. And Nugent Hopkins could be the guy looking to set him up. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Troy on line number three. Troy, you're on orders now. How you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. Hey, it's nice to see some size up front on the wings to uh, offset all the all the skill. About time we get guys like Maroon. Um, they're not exactly the high. They're not high end skill, but they're definitely skilled. They've got a nose for the net. The way Maroon plays, he kind of reminds me a bit of. Uh, He's got a little bit of uh, Ryan Smith in him when he's the next quarter tonight, getting everybody's space, and I'm probably not as physical as Ryan was, but he definitely uh, he can definitely take out the trash near the net. I'm just curious as to why um, um, 
why they're moving him from where he was really good in Anaheim on the left wing over to the right wing on that line where you have Kaskin, who is, from what I understand, is a natural right winger who could play there. And why wouldn't you want to throw the maroon with McDavid and Everlay at this point? And also just a quick note with regards to uh, Yakupov, and I'll let you go. I think he hit the nail on the head. I mean, he's a complimentary player. Not every number one overall pick is created equally. Right. What we know from from number one picks is that, generally speaking, and here in Edmonton and just about everywhere else, number one picks don't need to be a complimentary player to benefit the team. They're, generally speaking, um, a player that makes everybody better. And that's not a slight on nail. He is what he is, but... I think if there was one number one pick in the last 10 years that would have benefited the goal going back to junior and taking the so-called red ring approach, going through the minors, and then coming up somewhere in his 23- to 24-year-old stage, I think that would have benefited Yak far more than what he's had to go through here at Edmonton. And it, hmm. at, at this point, I just don't know where or how you, how you can fit him into the lineup and trust him to, to play – in a top six role. I mean, obviously four coaches now have tried and failed. So at some point you got to just, you know, call a spade a spade. It is what it is. So I'll let you go. Great show. Um, hope to hear again from you soon. All right. Uh, 780-496-0063. Very valid point. Maroon on the left side, Cassian on the right. Maybe we do see Cassian back at some point with Hall and Dreisaitl. They had a little bit of success there. Uh, and then we inevitably would see maybe Maroon on the left side with McDavid and Everly. That's feasible. Okay. Then we could have, again, Nugent Hopkins with Yakupov on the right side and somebody else on the left. Unfortunately, for the purposes of this year, given the shoulder injury that Benoit Pouliot suffered, it's highly unlikely that it's going to be Benoit Pouliot. Uh, now, do I think we could have these nine forwards next year to start the year? I don't think so. Take it for what it's worth. As for Yak, um, realistically, he was never going back to junior. He didn't go back to junior at the start of the 12-13 season during the lockout. He went back to Russia, and that is an issue, is that whole Russian factor with players. Uh Ian Pulver and Igor Larionov represent Nail Yakupov. Might be time, for, you know, he's he's going to finish the year here in Edmonton. We'll see how he does, but he's going to have to get her going. And he's, you know, and it's not, this is not a Nail Yakupov crap fest. This is just the reality of the situation with Nail Yakupov. He has not grown the way the orders have hoped that he would grow, just like Justin Schultz did not grow. A strong argument can be made. It's harder for defensemen. However, some might say, well, it might be harder, too, for a Russian kid in North America as well. You know, sometimes these situations, they just go the direction they go in. And the Oilers' challenges have compounded matters for both of those two players. Schultz is gone. They've moved on from Schultz. We'll see what transpires carrying forward with Yakupov. We'll take a quick timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 124 in Edmonton. A reminder, Stoffer Inspector, Tuesday's edition of Oilers Now. The Oilers and the San Jose Sharks tomorrow. We'll see if the Oilers uh, recall. My guess is they're going to recall either Jordan Osterley or Griffin Reinhardt. 
uh, with the injury to Brandon Davidson again today. Todd McClellan saying long-term, more likely than short-term. Clefbaum skating now with equipment was not with the team on the road. Nugent Hopkins was every stretch of the way. I'd expect him back as early as possibly. Uh, I could see him back Saturday against the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, so, Stoffer Inspector on uh, tomorrow's edition of Oilers Now as Edmonton gets ready to play the San Jose Sharks. Hey, have you been to La Coldale Arena? ATB Financial has. That's where they surprise young head coach Colby Stone and ATB Home Ice Hero with $5,000. Watch Colby's story and nominate your own Home Ice Hero at atb.com backslash home ice. Let's go to Will on line number one. Will, it's Bob. you got about 40 seconds. Go for it. Hi, Bob. Uh, yep. Thank you for taking my call. Yep. I just wanted to throw out... Um the needs of the Oilers, do they go after a defenseman top one or one to four, as they say, defenseman, or are they going to uh, seek out someone that these some of these teams have that have a lot of depth on defense? And also a quick comment on the first overall, in particular, Yakupov. I think management hasn't really, uh, uh, I guess, developed their first overall. I mean, it's not a guarantee that a first overall will will you need a lot of uh, you need to be able to adapt and grow and uh, a lot of our players maybe we're not uh, developing them in that way all right okay thank Th- you yeah thanks will uh, yeah I expect Peter Shirelli to address the de- defense in the offseason via trade I think that's inevitable uh, Shirelli needed to fix the goaltending Talbot certainly it's tough to argue with what he's given the orders of late uh, I think he's hid some significant blemishes in the orders lineup right now um, the orders have gotten heavier under Peter Shirelli. The acquisitions of Cassian and Maroon for relatively very little during the course of the year. And uh, they got to get a right shot, right shot guy that can move the puck as well. Drew, on line number two. Uh, two. Drew, how you doing? Good, how you doing, Bob? Good. Good. I just wanted to hit on uh, Yakubov quickly. Yep. Uh, um, I think just one thing. I, I mean, there's no denying where we are where we are with Yakupov now. I think it would be tough for... For anybody, even the most uh, the most upbeat supporters of Yakupov, to deny where like the reality of what we are at now. But the thing that people forget is that in his rookie year, he was on a on a prorated thirty goal pace for that. Season. Yes, he was. And so to say that it was never working here, I think would be would be wrong to say that. And that the organization has to bear responsibility for they what's do. happened. They do. And and you know you know you look back to it when he first showed up here in the city he was like a rock star and i think i think so much of what's happened to him is it's related to his confidence and because he's no his personality doesn't even seem to be close to where he was before and you remember things about the famous goal celebration and don cherry getting on hockey night in canada and of course the benching from from dallas Aikens. all those things i think played a role in, in where we are with I, t- I totally agree with you yeah yeah all right Drew. yeah okay yeah, well, the, the benching four games into the Dallas Aikens regime was completely unnecessary. You talk to some pro scouts around the league, they'll tell you Dallas Aikens was a completely unnecessary move for, uh, you know, uh, for Craig McTavish and Scott Housen to have made at that time, given with Kruger, what had transpired the year before. Um, Brendan, here's a question for you. If If you had made the trade for Schneider and kept Kruger, you probably wouldn't have Nurse drop. Well, you wouldn't have Nurse because he would have been in the Schneider trade. You probably wouldn't have Drysaddle and McDavid. So, in the end, has it all been worth it? Yeah, especially with the way they found a goaltender. It looks like in Cam Talbot as well. So now they have the best of both worlds. 
Now, will Talib be as good as Schneider? I don't know. He's playing better than him right now. Well, Schneider's well, Schneider's hurt, but he is Schneider's unbelievable too. He's been. A, I mean, he is Schneider has been a stone cold mortal lock top five NHL goalie for the last four years. All right, off to a six thirty Chad news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. I'm going to bang off a bunch of text, tweets, and emails when we return on orders now.